Hello and welcome to On Wednesdays We Wear Black with me, Sophie Kay, the very tired Yasmin Suman. And a very, a very special guest this week. We have the executive editor, boss of everything chief of Loudwire and many other websites with us right here. Thank you. Happy to be here. (laughs) That was such an intro, Sophie. Fucking hell. I know. There's so many letters and so many words. Chief I was a little exec- scared. I was like, Chief what is she going to say? Boss. Chief executive boss. She is. You're the ultimate girl boss. Oh, my God. One of my staffers gave me the uh, black metal title. I wish I could remember the full thing, but it was like head bitch incarnate. Oh, amazing. Oh, I love that. I love that for you. Please See? tell me you're going to get that printed on like to put on your desk or your door. Yeah, I need a desk plaque. Please. Oh, my God. Do you know what? It's just made me think you came up in one of our episodes recently because someone asked us about um, misogyny in the music industry. And there has been a lot of that over the years and we've all experienced it. Don't we know it? We're we're very familiar. Very familiar firsthand. Um, But I was like, wow. So Loudwire is right now being run by a woman. Woo! Metal Hammer magazine being run by a woman. Isn't old press? There's some women pretty high up. Yasmin? The CEO is a woman. CEO is a woman. Oh, we are taking over. Oh, Just music. quietly creeping up the ladder. Exactly. Women and NBs. Yeah. We are now taking over. So it's a news episode this week. So we brought we the CEO of news. We to... get the CEO of news. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's who, me. Someone who actually knows what they're talking about with this stuff. <laughs> Um, and it's great. <laughs> so I, say, I think this happened last week. Don't really know. And then people write in and they're like, "That never happened." And we're like, "Oh happen. shit, never mind." You Whoopsie. made that up. Yeah. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to discuss um, the news. We're going to be discussing the releases, and we're going to be discussing what's happened on social media. Um, so we always start with news, Rabab. You know what people have been clicking on as well because you can see it in real time. Yes, so I have gathered three of our biggest stories from the past week that we can talk about now. So I figured we'd start with um, a little on a little more serious note. Um, there was an article that came out in Rolling Stone this week. It was um, the title of it was uh, "Inside Taylor Hawkins' Final Days as a Foo Fighter." And the they interviewed a number of his friends, one of them being uh, Pearl Jam drummer uh, Matt Cameron. And in the article, he was quoted as saying that Hawkins confided in him that he, quote, couldn't fucking do it anymore. Um, and yeah, and the article was framed to, to be about essentially the narrative was that Taylor Hawkins was exhausted and couldn't keep up with the touring schedule and didn't really want to do it anymore. And they had a few different friends kind of giving quotes that supported that idea. And then after the article came out, um, actually a representative from the Foo Fighters kind of disputed that idea. And then the next day, Cameron released a statement um, apologizing to the surviving Foo Fighters and um, their families for mm. causing potential harm. So, wow. Wow. yeah, I what he, this one? That's 
massive. That's bad. Fucking hell. It was it was a pretty big like back and forth talking point story of the week. Um, what he said was, when I agreed to take part in the Rolling Stone article about Taylor, I assumed it would be a celebration of his life and work. My quotes were taken out of context and shaped into a narrative I never intended. Taylor was a dear friend and a next level artist. I miss him. I have only the deepest love and respect for Taylor, Dave, and the Foo Fighters family. I'm truly sorry to have taken part in this interview and I apologize that my participation may have caused harm to those for whom I have only the deepest respect and admiration. Oh, that's brutal. That's that's hard. With his friends as well. Cause I think, right, as somebody who, we all know people in bands, bands just put their heads down touring is grueling it's not as glamorous as people think it is they put their head down and they just go 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 and everyone took a break over covid and i think a lot of bands are struggling to get back into that brutal routine again because it's not natural to be working like that it's so tough for bands so of of course he was probably saying i'm not saying i know what taylor was saying um but i think every band member at some point has said those words so I wouldn't be surprised if it has been taken out of context I'm not saying that because we don't know Rolling Stone and we weren't there but I wouldn't be surprised yeah and actually uh, Matt Cameron wasn't even the only one Chad Smith from the Red Hot Chili Peppers also was a part of the article and he had a similar statement um, after the article came out that said that his words were misconstrued so I think part of it is like of course they said these quotes like don't think that Rolling Stone just made up things that no. someone said. Like they obviously said these things. Mm-hmm. However, I feel like they probably didn't go into the article thinking that the um, the way that it would be presented was as this story about how Taylor Hawkins didn't want to be a Foo Fighter anymore. They yeah. probably thought it was more going to be looking back on his life and legacy. So you can see how that might come as shocking to mm. see something angled in a different way than you had expected. I know for me at Loudwire, we try to work things like that out ahead of time, even before interviews happen. Or if the angle changed based on what someone said, Mm. we'd give them a heads up because it's much better to have that conversation behind the scenes before something gets published and it becomes a big issue like this. Yeah, that's... It, that is because so, I remember um, once working at a, a radio station that was part of a publication and the company getting called out because of that type of thing. And it was Corey Taylor who tweeted and was like, he was peed off. And I get it. It must be so difficult. But I've seen I've seen people do it before where they like they know the angle they want to get. And so they'll lull, lull people into a false sense of security and then... <laughs> And I, we're not coming for Rolling Stone, but, you know. Um, Journalism. If the it's thing, a dangerous game. It, especially these days, because there was a time where the outlets were bigger than the rock stars. And now yeah. there's so many outlets that actually the rock stars are a lot of the time bigger. So if you say something and they call, if you get four rock stars calling you out, that's it's way more good. followers. That's not, not good. good. That's not good. Anyway, okay. So which one did you um, have next? Okay, so next, this one's a little bit more fun. So the band Ghost has been performing for, they've been together for a really long time. And throughout that time, they've been anonymous, masked. And eventually at one point, Tobias Forge was, you know, made clear that he was the leader of the band. He started doing some unmasked interviews, things like that. But the rest of the backing band has remained 
anonymous um, and people love anonymous. They want to try and figure out who it is. So for years, there's been rumors and people guessing and trying to piece together clues of who is in this band. And so this week they just ended the European leg of their current tour, supporting their new album. And as they wrapped it up, they posted a photo on Instagram with the whole touring package. So the bands, the support acts, the crew, and in it was all of the nameless schools unmasked. And some of them posted and kind of were like, oh, the cat's out of the bag. So at Loudwire, we went ahead and did a breakdown of who who each member is and what we know about them so far. Um, they're from fans as diverse as like bloodbath catatonia sisters of mercy it's sisters of mercy like the ghost that's crazy um yeah but there is one i want to bring up because there's a little tiny scene connection um the drummer who is in the nameless goal known as Mountain is Hayden Scott. And if the name sounds familiar, it might be because very briefly, I think in 2012, he was a touring drummer for Paramore. Oh my gosh, no! it's come full circle. Ghost is Paramore. Ghost is Paramore. <laughs> Ghost, Ghost is Paramore. There's no degrees of separation between Paramore and Ghost. No. Yes, no. that is... He wow. was also the drummer of AWOL Nation, our touring drummer, I think, for AWOL Nation yeah, for a yeah, really Paramore. long time. But Paramore, <laughs> his, like his brief stint in Paramore is what we care about. That's what we care about. That's, That's insane. Can you remember, right, there was a time where if you, if, if, if you crossed the streams of different parts within the alternative world, that was like end of the world. <laughs> Poser. Poser. Yeah. Fake. Wow. Do you remember when Aaron Gillespie from um, Under Oath was in Paramore? No. No. Do you guys don't remember that? No. What? You guys need to go look up videos. He was what? Yeah, he drummed for Paramore for a little bit. I'm still reeling over the fact that Post Malone could have been in Crown the Empire. Like, there's just so many layers. (laughs) I think that was the first, one of the first news stories I ever wrote for Loudwire. When I first arrived, they were not as open to covering, like, the more pop culture things like that. Uh, And I was trying to prove a point that there was interesting stuff. So I wrote about Post Malone's metalcore band before and how he was almost in Crown the Empire. (laughs) Nice. That is amazing. I love that. Nice ghost. Oh, okay, okay. Okay, are you guys ready for the last one? It's my favorite. I don't think I am, but let's do it. (laughs) Okay. So, um, obviously, lots of my chemical romance news. I am alive. I was getting really burnt out on rock and metal for a little while, and I am reignited by the return of our rightful gods, my chemical romance. So there were a lot of stories, but there's one that I want to focus on. And it is, there's a piece of merch that they put on sale that had Twitter like blowing up about. And it featured a cut young man in like tidy whitey briefs with a very poorly done My Chemical Romance logo tramp stamp. I love that. I fucking love this. Didn't you buy it, Yasmin? I have it. I have it. I bought it. I was there Wednesday morning before the fucking show even opened, right? The day before. And I was like, give me that fucking merch. I bought it. I bought it. It is 
you know I'm what? not even a little surprised that you yeah. selected that shirt. Yeah. I'm this close to getting one myself, to be honest. <laughs> so it, here's the story behind the t-shirt. Um, so it, it goes back to a Tumblr post where somebody took a screenshot from an adult film um, in which this per with this actor, adult film star, has this terrible My Chemical Romance tattoo, and it just became like a part of the fan lore of MCR. So apparently, the band reached out to this person that was in the film and has the tattoo. And I guess they asked him to, his name is Mickey Taylor. He's now a musician and an animation student. Um, and they asked him to take new photos for this merch. I guess on the merch stand, it's labeled as the Mickey Taylor t-shirt. Um, and he did an interview with the publication and talked a little bit about, apparently someone reached out to him and said that they thought it was cool. And so I'll read you the quotes um, of him talking about the experience. So he said, honestly, the whole thing has been a pleasure. Um, this is from an LGBTQ uh, outlet called Them. Mm. He said, I had no idea the shirts would drop, when the shirts would drop or if, but it happened and I found out through Twitter, which was wild. The reaction has been incredible and it's made the whole situation even more bizarre and fever dreamish. None of it quite feels real. Um, and he yeah. said that so, someone, I guess someone from the band reached out to him and said that they thought that the tattoo was cool. And um, he said, uh, since he got to interact with the band, I was just freaking out as a fan of the music, but also the fact that they even knew me. The tattoo was my peak fandom mixed with my rebellious who gives a fuck phase. In hindsight, it hey. shouldn't have, <laughs> I shouldn't have gotten a friend to do it. It seems reckless now, but still zero regrets, but don't get home tattoos ever. Wow. Oh, so, what an absolute legend. <laughs> seems like it worked out for him, but you know, I wouldn't recommend getting a tattoo at home either no. because gross but do you know what i do you know what i love about this my chemical romance reunion um not only the fact i love the band it's great to see blah blah blah, blah but and i don't expect either of you to comment on this because i'm not sure you can um but <laughs> whilst everyone's walking around you've got um bloody gene simmons saying rock is dead you've got uh both young blood and machine gun kelly saying that that rock is not cool any like they're trying to bring back the cool in rock and all this kind of stuff and that it's gone um a bit wet and then my chemical romance come forward and they sh they didn't dance on a ballroom table or put a thorn ring on a girlfriend they showed how it's done and in the right ways like they made by putting a a, a porn star a gay porn star on a t-shirt for metal is a massive statement of 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 allyship Mm. I'm going to do me and Rabab a favour and say that's a really lovely comment, Sophie, but for legal reasons, I <laughs> want to put my journalist who can take a I know, job. it was just, I so saw I'm both of you out of this one. I know you love drama, but I'm drama. not going to get myself cancelled from my job. It's fine. I can probably be cancelled from mine, but... Sophie, I will but... say Gerard, Gerard Way has always been like, he never takes, they don't take themselves too seriously. Like what a piece of fan service. So many bands just like, they're, they want to be seen as serious or yeah. artists. And I feel like Michael Romance never have to try that hard because 
they're just able to be so like jovial and joke around and do cute things like this. Yeah. Cute. I like how I'm calling a gay porn star on a t-shirt cute, but it is cute. <laughs> and it's like you said, it's showing their allyship. They did another one too. That was like a, a boy bands, uh, like a tiger beat uh, magazine cover. I don't know if you yes, have that. I have, as well. that. I have yeah. that. Of course I have that. And Sold out it, by the time I got there. It's, it's like incredible. The fact that yeah. they're playing up into that whole idea that my kind of romance is like a boy band or whatever, yeah. like they're just having fun with it. And that's part of why fans love them so much. Do you know what? Having fun with merch ties us in to something I wanted to bring up as well as a, a last minute news story. I just wanted to just reference the passing of Trevor from the Black Dahlia murder. Oh my because God. it was such it I don't we don't know the circumstances of what what happened exactly I wasn't close enough to him to be talking about his mental health but um for anyone who didn't know he died by suicide and I think losing him was a, such a huge loss for metal that people who maybe are on the fringes of those kind of scenes might not even understand the ways in which that band completely changed the scene in so many ways. Heartbreaking. I cried for two days. I was. It was awful. It was so tough on our staff. Um, like, I mean, it's tough anytime someone mm. in the in our world passes away because for us, we have to really turn off our emotions and our reactions and just go into a mode where, okay, we have to get this news story prepared. We have to start looking for tributes and reactions. So you really don't have time to process. You kind of just have to immediately go into work mode. Um, but I could tell right from the beginning that this one was affecting us more and that everyone was kind of just like for a day or two, kind of just like subdued and, and really like, you know, you could you could just tell that it hit us hard. And I think for us, you know, we met I met him and he we did interviews with him and he came into our office and he was so such a funny and like genuinely kind, mm. appreciative person. And it was, you know, it's not always that much of a pleasure to work with someone. Sometimes people come in and you can tell that they're annoyed or they don't want to do it or they think whatever they're doing is stupid or not worth their time or whatever. And, and that happens a lot. But for him, he was just so appreciative of our time and like just funny and kind and, and willing to like, be silly and goofy as an interview when we're talking about like the history of like death metal. Um, so yeah, it, it, it's hard. And then, you know, the other thing is sometimes when we're covering stuff like this and fans sometimes can think that we seem, I don't know, like cold or something by posting a story with facts, but, um, you know, for us, it's, it's hard and we're just doing our jobs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because you're all, you all, you can't be in this industry and write about this industry unless you are a massive fan of the music as well. Yeah, that um, wouldn't be worth it. Yeah, it wouldn't mm. be, would it? But yeah, Trevor was a special one. And the reason I said about merch is because one of my biggest memories is of an interview with Trevor. The same interview in which I think we were both bent over as Trevor taught me how he had a suppository placed inside <laughs> his rectum. Um, <laughs> um that that interview, we were talking about the fact that that band always got labelled deathcore, 
And it was like, yeah. it was a dirty mm. word for, for metal fans. Deathcore was like, you're, oh, you're with the emos almost. And it's because they had colourful merch. And so they would, they were labelled as death metal, uh, uh, deathcore, but essentially they said, we're a death metal band. We just have colours on our merch. And um, yeah, I think they made people a lot more open and have a lot more fun because he used to get his top off and, and oh. dance around on stage and... <laughs> What did his stomach tattoo say? He had this like... Oh, yeah. Heartburn. Heartburn, <laughs> that's right. He had heartburn tattooed on his stomach. He had heartburn tattooed on his stomach. Yeah. <laughs> How brilliant is that? Like, <laughs> that's amazing. That, that amazing. sums up, Trevor. What you guys have just said is like very... Um, I'm a baby in the industry <laughs> compared to you guys. But for me, it's like it's hard to separate those two worlds, especially when you're so intertwined with them. Like, you can't you can't be in this industry if you don't love it, because then there's no heart to it. You just report very coldly, and you end up like publications who are just following clicks. But you know, to to have that heart and soul is such a great thing because it means that your reporting is so so passionate. But then when something bad happens, when someone passes away, it's it's just feels like a bullet hole. Like it's the it's the worst. It's the worst. It's like yeah. a friend. I was saying to someone, something that people don't understand about our jobs. I couldn't tell you how many coffees, I mean, how many sugars Trevor takes in his coffee. I couldn't <laughs> tell you, like, there's all these band members that I can't tell you all of these things. And they know nothing about me. But I've sat down with them over and over again, talked to them about their mental health. I've talked to them about where they're at in their life, about their kids, about their songwriting. Pro- I've talked to them in so much depth. I know them. And so to talk to someone like that, you have to treat them like a friend. Mm, mm. And so for us, it's like pretty, it's like it's one-sided, but not holding bands to account for that. But um, We're for just us, it's, 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 it's intense. It's intense. It's intense. Yeah. You know everything about them. Like, you know you do. about their whole lives. You have to. So, okay, so let's move on to, um, let's move on to releases. Boom, there have boom. been so many releases. It's obviously everybody just getting excited after lockdown. Like, they were writing loads, and now it's coming out. It's been intense. Um, so the first one I was going to mention is Palais Royale. Oh They've my god, yeah. Released their first new music of 2022 and it's from their upcoming record Fever Dream and the track's called Broken. I cannot for the life of me figure out there is something at the start of that song I'm like where's that from? <laughs> you know, I hate when that happens to me. <laughs> oh, when you're like they have this is inspired by something else. I can't tell you what it is though. So if you listen to this and you can figure it out, let us know. Um, also, of course, we have to talk about the Foundations of Decay from <laughs> My Chemical Romance. I love that everyone just said, ah. Um, so what I love about this as well, and again, it goes back to what we were saying about My Chemical Romance. I don't think people who don't work in radio understand what it means to drop a six-minute song. Right. Because when you work in radio... Three and a half minutes, and if it's not three and a half minutes, you don't even really get to pitch the song. Mm-mm. It is such a flex <laughs> to go, this is six minutes. Why? Do you know what? With such a big intro, that's a flex. You will listen to the six minutes and you will enjoy yeah. it. <laughs> and I go at the radio station I'm on, we play it with the intro, and normally we cut all of that out. But it's, yeah. it's my chem, so they can, they can flex hard like that. 
it's been getting played more on alt radio in the U.S. because rock radio, the format is just a lot heavier, like hard rock, not heavy like metal, but heavy like, you know, like Five Finger Death Punch and Shine Down and a lot of Metallica, Guns N' Roses and older stuff, too. So um, it's hard for that type of song to go on rock radio, but I do think it's going to climb up the alt side of American radio. <laughs> I love it so much. I like to call it the foundations of the gay because I just <laughs> went to MCR yesterday and it was all it was all the gay, mentally ill, uh, colourful haired emo kids singing the loudest and I was like, this is for us. This is for us. This is for me when I was 14 and I had Tumblr. This is for us. Hello. <laughs> um, it's such a banger though. Like I, so good. I, I wasn't sure what they would come back with and how they would like pick up and how they would sound but literally it's like they've been casted in like a uh, ember of gold like they just it's like they're still in 2014 you know i feel that they could also fight in a jar and i'd still listen to it yeah uh, that's well that's where i was when when it came out i didn't have like super high expectations because mm. like they could have done anything like they mm. could have gone anywhere and i would have been like okay i this is to be expected from gerard way <laughs> Um, but they released a song that I think is definitely like a fan service song. It sounds like old school My Chemical Romance. Mm, mm. Um, and it's it's like, you could just see the reaction. First of all, the fact that they dropped it at like 6 p.m. on a Thursday with no warning and we're just like, <laughs> I'm like ready. I like missed Whoopsie. my class at the, my spinning class at the gym. I was like, shit, I have to like write the story right now. Like everyone is logged off in the U.S. at that time. Like... But um, to see the reactions online and uh, I don't know, like, it's just like, I I wasn't even mentally prepared for it. It took me days to even process what I had heard and seen because even though in the back of my head, I'm like, maybe there will be new My Chemical Romance music someday, like, eh, whatever. It's like Guns N' Roses. Like, will they ever release new music? Maybe not, but we finally have it and it didn't suck. Like, yeah. yeah. What, what a time to be alive. What a time to be alive. Do you know what? I feel like it, it's been part of the hope of after being in lockdown and pandemic world and all of that. It's like, wow, yeah, we're coming out the other side. And Something feels different now. That yeah. there's like... Yeah. It's like we survived. The um, air tastes different. The air tastes different. Uh, also, so other releases, I wanted to very quickly touch on, because I noticed a lot of outlets reporting about the fact that Magnolia Park have dropped a brand new track. They've got an Ooh. EP coming. The song's called Feel Something. Um, it's the pop punk you'd expect. There's May Day Parade's Derek Sanders on there as well, who's part of it. And the EP's going to be hearty to come out June uh, 10th. Mm-hmm. Um I just wanted to bring it up quickly because I do you think there's a transition from TikTok artists? Do you think they because with MySpace, because we didn't have streaming services properly, so you had to like go and buy CDs. For example, mm. when Job for Cowboy exploded, like you went and bought their CD, so it helped them get into the charts and so it made them make that tr- transition. TikTok has it got the same crossover because it's only a lot of the time these shorter snippets anyway mm, that's a tough one as the veteran of tiktok i guess is like the, the the what's the word the generic tiktok person um as somebody who wastes too much of their life on tiktok i i i'm not sure because like scene queen for example me and sophie went to go see scene queen in the uk she had an amazing crowd she had amazing energy like 
people didn't expect much from her because of that tiktok artist notion and she outsold all of her shows she's upgraded all of her rooms like she mm. like overperformed. it's very hit or miss i found there's some artists that are like mm. scene queen really great get lots of numbers and then there's other artists where it just doesn't really match up or they're kind of one hit wonders like mm. a lot of the tramp stamps-esque type artists who make one song it blows up and then they just don't do anything else ever again I mean, there was a reason for them not doing anything else. Yeah, we know. <laughs> some some arseholes start doing podcasts about it and calling them out and everything. Terrible. Behavior. I was say it definitely wasn't the long article at all. <laughs> what are I your have thoughts, no idea Rebob? what you're talking about. <laughs> I, so I think it's really been interesting to watch TikTok in the rock and metal spaces specifically because... So in the pop world, songs can go viral on TikTok and maybe it'll bump their streams, but a lot of times the artist doesn't get popular. Like they mm, just, yeah. which what Yasmin said, they have that one hit wonder. People maybe know that song and they might not even know who the artist is. Um, so it could get you some like viral attention, but as far as like longevity in a career, uh, we, we still don't know. It's still too soon to see what these TikTok artists do. But in rock and metal, I think it's interesting because what I notice spread a lot is a lot of like international artists that we wouldn't have come across before. Like maybe we wouldn't have known about to write on Loudwire before, but I've mm. come across so many like Bloody Wood. We just put them in yeah. our up and coming artists that you need to know this year list. And we've definitely got like the most comments about them. Um, you, there's been like, I see like I've been watching like Japanese metalcore bands. So I keep getting more of those yes. sent in on my like page. Yes. And so there's like so much like to hear that compared to American metalcore, like it's so different. Like it's more like hyper pop esque. Like yeah. there's so much going on. It changes so frequently. It's like wild and weird and crazy. And I love it. Um, so yeah, I think it's, it's, it gives a lot of artists attention from around the world where, because I think TikTok is such a global app, like that you see a lot of things that you maybe wouldn't see on Instagram. You do now because everything that goes viral on TikTok ends up on Instagram a couple of weeks later yeah. for us old people. Um, but yeah, as far as like, it, it, I think it's a good tool for rock artists. It gives you a chance to show off your your personality and show people creativity in another way. Um, but I don't see a ton of artists that utilize it really well. So I'm interested to yeah. see the, the development of TikTok and rock and metal. Yeah, same. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Where is my TikTok dances? Like someone gets some twerking to Lorna Shore or something. Well, There's someone I'm, I follow I'm who does it. that. There's someone I follow who does that. An American um, person, very voluptuous. Give it to me. Send me the content, Sophie. I will send it to you. It's absolutely phenomenal. But do you know what I've just thought, which is actually really hilarious? You know the way everyone's like, MySpace famous, where are they now? Yeah. Are they still into the scene? All of those articles that everyone does. Yasmin, in the future, that's going to be you. <laughs> Suddenly, I need to leave this podcast immediately. (laughs) They're going to put pictures of you when you were like, when you were, oh, here's Yasmin in their 20s. Um, Where are they now? Dead in a ditch. I'm kidding. That is a joke. Do not call my parents. Better be a joke. You and your Gen Z humour. Okay, so that was that was those releases very quickly as well. I wanted to touch on the fact that Asking Alexandria have a new track. Um, They've technically it's an old track because they've re-released Faded Out, and this time. It features Sharon Denandel from Within Temptation, which I love Sharon Denandel. She was on the first interviews I ever did. 
But I find asking Alexandria, like I think of asking Alexandria being in that kind of MySpace movement and I think of Sharon Denandel within Temptation as that kind of roadrunner band and the collaboration mm. of the two just mm. feels weird. But the song sounds amazing and their voices match. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, that's, that's an interesting one. I think it's really weird to ask Alexandria a British band, but they're more popular in America. It's crazy. They have found a lot of success on American rock radio. I think part of it is that Danny has the that such a great voice and that mm. really thrives on that format where it can still be like heavy and hard, but, you know, sing sing along. Um, but I yeah, I think about this meme. I hope I don't want to screw it up too much but it's like it shows danny when he's like young and looks very seen and emo and it's like how did this british emo or scene kid turn into like an american hick yeah from like the span of six years or something forget and it's like him in the cowboy hat forget the yassification of things what about the american americanification of danny warsnop that's our <laughs> yes. next episode that is not a word yasmin that um, is a word that now. is not a word the americanification <laughs> This is so niche. I wonder, um, Rabab, if you realise, like, if Americans know that this is a thing. So in the UK, there's, like, a bunch of American candy shops popping up <laughs> on London high streets, and they are definitely money laundering. Like, They're money laundering! Them, they are money laundering. I follow one of them on Instagram because they do the... the- like reels or whatever where they like pour a bunch of candy and i'm like just watching candy get poured into things for no reason but they sell american stuff but the stuff they're showing i'm like i've literally never seen or heard of that in my life but it sounds american like warhead flavored energy drink and i'm like what the fuck is that (laughs) okay i'll go with it Um, we definitely don't have that here but okay (laughs) but they're money laundering but anyway it it reminds me of that it's like danny wilsonot went from like a (laughs) a British bookstore to an American candy store like that. But that was their goal from day one because yeah, they true. they went out to America before doing much in the UK. They went out to America, lived in a bus in a car park or, and went and networked and played gigs and pretended that they were essentially American. Really? Yeah, so they, they booked, like, they did everything themselves, proper DIY. That's why they built so quickly out in America as well. Wow, I didn't um, know that. But now... Here's my theory. Uh, you both don't need to comment on this because this is another one of Sophie's crazy Sophie, theories. Do you want to get us No, it's fine because um, you've not said it, and you can actively disagree with me. But I find it interesting how, at the peak of like the race wars, essentially, oh when God. it was like the left versus the right, asking Alexandria came out with a song called "Anti-Socialist" that they said is nothing to do with socialism, but they called the song "Anti-Socialist" and. One day I will sit down with the guys and I will ask them exactly this. Rebecca. I'm not talking behind their backs. I'll say it to their faces. I look forward to that day, Sophie. Do you know what? One time Danny Warsnop tried telling me he was he's a right cheeky. He's such a I bet guy. you I hope it's the same thing he said to me. I'm ready for it. I asked him, I was like, what are you here to win an award for? And he said, the best arse in metal. And I was like, well, please, because just know who you're stood next to that would be my award in a moment so can we focus and get back to the interview and then he really liked me from that moment yeah he really is like he 
he pushes from the very yeah. beginning. I interviewed him one time and he like started off and I don't even remember what I said, but he was like laughing. He was like, oh my gosh, we're like soulmates. Da, da, da. And I was like, what are you doing right now? <laughs> like, pay attention and answer these questions. <laughs> they like, it's like herding cats with that band. I've never experienced a band like it before. I remember, I can't remember which two of them it was, but in the, while they were waiting, they started fighting because one poured water on the other whilst asleep. And it was oh all a big God. drama. And I, I had to, I had to go and yeah proper tell them off and be like come on guys now I need you to concentrate because otherwise I'll get in trouble at work <laughs> and so and then they were like oh okay because they're actually really sweet guys they just act silly oh. yeah Sophie you know before when you were explaining all of that it reminded me of that meme where it's the guy pointing at the huge pin board it's like, not a guy it's Charlie Day from it's always sunny in Philadelphia <laughs> I've never watched that cause oh my god he's my crush by the way and he would only come up to my bosom at best okay Fucking hell. The mommy yeah. thing is like, you're really building into it now, so come on. <laughs> okay, other releases uh, releases very quickly, if any of you want to touch on them. Cane Hill, The Wonder Years, Coheed, Waterparks, Lorna Shore, we've touched on, uh, Motionless and Manor Skin as well. Who I called Main Skin for ages and recently... I thought it was Main Skin. It's, it's, Manor it's, Skin. It's like a mannequin. Manor Skin. I'm stupid. And I, and I called, <laughs> called Jaden, JXDN for ages, so it's a whole thing. We, that could be a whole episode of band names that are always Alex mispronounced. Alex is on fire. I still Alex is on, on fire. Alex. I don't give a fuck if it's Alex is on fire. Who also re- released new music. Right, Yasmin, what is yours, please? What has been going on in the world of social media from our heritage um, wizened TikToker? Oh my God, that is such an embarrassing title. Anyway... Um, that makes me sound so lame. <laughs> you spend all your time on TikTok. Listen, there's been a it's lot of truth. shit going on on the internet. There's it's been true. a lot of shit going on. on Somebody has to do it, and you do a wonderful job of it. You do. I'm just really mentally ill and have nothing else to do with my time. So here we are. Um, on on the internet, on the interwebs. Um, there's been a lot of stuff going on, but three things I thought were quite funny. Firstly, so Lona Shaw released a song called Sun Eater. And everyone on like deathcore and heavy music Twitter was making jokes about how like every heavy band wants to do something to the sun. Like Spirit Box have a song about killing the sun. Kane Hill have a song about killing the sun. Lorna Shaw are going to eat the sun. What's next? What's Aww. next? There's like a, everyone wants to kill the sun. Have you asked the sun how it feels? How it's What did the sun on? ever do to anyone? What did the sun I know, never do? I know. Why not the moon? Like it's pop punk bands and like rock bands and the moon and then heavy bands and the sun. Like the there's the Panic at the Disco song about the moon and it just reminds me there's the polar opposites. When are we going to get a song about other planetary systems? Come on guys, switch it up. And then there's the band Sun-O. Sun-O? Sun-O? Sun-O, yeah. Yeah. And the Bleeding like, Sun by Chelsea Gray. Oh my god. Oh Bleeding Sun. Yeah, there's another Suns. The Sun is just um... Bad Suns. Oh my Jesus. Bad <laughs> <laughs> Like fuck. Wait, isn't that S O N S? No, it's S U N S. No. I think it is S O N S. Yeah, yes, me. No. Oh wait, no, 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 it is S U N S. Thank you. I'm thinking I'm thinking of rival Suns. There's so many sun different suns. Oh yeah, there is a bad suns. Like, what's, what's everyone's issue with the sun? When did heavy heavy musicians just get together and say, you know what, it's time we, it's time we humble the sun. Stupid <laughs> up there. Being have so we just bright. found another Mandela effect? Because I could have sworn it was bad suns. It's bad suns with It's a Mandela effect. It's not my fault, it's a Mandela effect. Someone changed time in history. Um, <laughs> what else has been going on? Um, 
So another thing that happened in the world of rock, I don't know if you guys have seen, but Malevolence have released a new shirt. I'm going to show you on screen right now. Can you see that? Oh my. So it's a crop top. What's it called when it goes? It's not a whole tape. It's a cropped vest. Racer back. Racer, that's it. It's a racer back cropped vest, but it's been stylized as a blinged Y2K 2000s crop top. Something that gives very Paris Hilton vibes. It's but very it's Von Dutch. Very I was say Von Dutch. Do you guys know about the craziness behind Von Dutch? No. No. That's, I'll have to tell you guys another time. If you're interested, oh, wow. research no. it. It involves Definitely. murder. What? Oh my God. What? Maybe that's our episode. Our next, I Googled. I Googled Von Dutch. What the fuck? What the, I Googled what? Von Dutch and Ed Hardy. Oh my God. Ed Hardy's making a comeback, you know? That's an the 2000s thing. were wild. Ed Hardy is making a comeback. Like Pretty Little Thing, which is a UK fashion brand, very mainstream, have released an Ed Hardy collection. Thoughts? Ed Hardy collection. I used to wear Ed Hardy perfume back in high school. Um, yeah. But they've made it like a slutty Ed Hardy. Well, like- slutty is like very in style now. Like I see so many low rise jeans again, like very, like I- it's kind of trashy, like yeah. that Paris Hilton vibe. Yeah. I like that we, I was going to say, I like that 2010s, we started with like the booty shorts with like, band fonts on the back and now we're going to crop tops in 2022 like i can't wait for i don't know thongs that was when we're gonna get band thongs i'm waiting for that if you're listening in australia we don't mean the flip-flops we mean the underwear that goes up your ass um question for you there is one fashion that i am waiting for to come back maybe it's already back um i will still wear it anyway because it'll give me that that mum status as you say the quiff what does that mean? So it was where you would take the front part of your hair. Oh, the bump, the poof. Yeah, and you'd just like push it forward a little bit. So you'd have like oh, a little yeah, bump of hair. Snooky it's... from Jersey Shore. That's back. Yeah, but it, there were, you could make like a little one just on the front of your head. Yes. You didn't have to be the massive. Snooky was like the, ex- and that is what I want. In fact, didn't she have two? She would do a double poof. Yeah. You could get a thing. They, do you guys have these in the UK called a bump it? Yeah, bump it. Yeah. You tease it and then and put it over it's, the bump it so that you can... It's like can... a bit of foamy type stuff that goes underneath so it looks like you've got an even higher... So is that back, Yasmin, or are you just lying to me? No, that is back. If you go on to um, TikTok and you type in Y2K Trashy, there's people who dress up like Snooki and admire her. Even in metal? Even in alternative. Because a lot of them... Were I don't think it ever stopped in alternative. People have just I been doing know, that poof yeah. the whole time. Yeah, true. I still still do it. Sophie's like me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hi. I am that person because apparently for a while, because I've I've had this streak in my hair for so long that it was in, went out, very definitely went out, and now it's back in, and I'm like, oh yeah, I did it first. I am so old that I have now watched every single item of clothing that I had in high school become like fashion now. And I'm like, why was I such a loser? And now this is like what cool girl, goth girls are wearing. Right, like the trick pants, the knee high converse, the plaid. The arm warmers. I love the arm warmers. The arm warmers look sick. The chokers, like. The silly bands. 
Oh, it's the bands. Those got banned from schools in America because they like had different sexual meanings yeah. for the colors. We called them shag bands. And shag, if you broke a yeah. shag band, there was different colors. You had to do the thing. So like black was like you had to have sex with someone and, and green was like blowjobs or something like that. I don't know. I, I was a virgin and unlovable at that time. So I had no friends and I didn't know anyway. But I used yes. to wear them and be like, haha, who's going to break them? No one broke them. But we also had them and now emo kids are wearing them again the cycle the cycle of life repeats wow wow i feel no i'm not going to say what i was about to say because it makes me sound old so i'm not going to say it okay good i thought well and also and then i went to say it again and then i thought no 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 no. sometimes sometimes it's best when we keep things to ourselves and never say them again um (laughs) the last thing by the way on socials so me and sophie were at my chemical romance yesterday witnessed this irl um gerard way of My Chemical Romance, obviously. He gave a shout out to Riley Gale of Power Trip, um, who passed in 2020 and said that he wanted Power Trip to open for them on the My Chemical Romance tour. It's very emotional, very touching. Um, and it was it blew up on socials, people are talking about it, but it's just such a heartfelt moment. It always makes me happy when those like worlds collide because I don't think people who listen to My Chemical Romance would typically listen to Power Trip, but they might. And it's just cool that it's cool when artists are fan of other artists, you know? I think what I really appreciated about that as well is that um, I think there's this narrative that the struggle or st- strugglers, as I've heard people call it before, strugglers are like mm. emo teenagers. And that was the kind of um, thing that we that everyone was called. And it was just you're struggling because you're a teenager. Mm. And it's actually you, if you're a diehard struggler, which... I know Yasmin and I are. Um, yeah. That can be a lifelong thing, and and I think it's it's really nice to have essentially our childhood hero talking about that because I think now in in 2022 we can feel a bit like shouldn't I have grown out of this by now? Shouldn't I not be feeling these things anymore? Mm. Mm, but yeah. it was nice because it was it gave us that same unity that emo brought us in the first place anyway. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's really sweet too because I think that Riley had was similar to Gerard in that um he he tried to do a lot of good with his platform and didn't expect to, he didn't he wasn't like trying to be a rock star or like you know it wasn't always about him he if you look you see like his family's donating money to his like favorite charities he did a lot of things to try and help people while he was alive um and be a positive force or person for other people and so i can see how maybe gerard would appreciate that too and would want to bring them up because it's you know not not everyone is like that and that's okay but it's so heartwarming when you see someone in the rock and metal world that's genuinely just like seems like a good person because we've dealt with a lot of not great people through the years so it's nice to still have some people to root for yeah and it it is true there is like um a real mix but you've met a lot of people and I know we have our opinions. We shout out Sam Carter from Architects pretty much every episode. This podcast might as well be called the Sam Carter Appreciation <laughs> Society. Oh, I love that um, man so much. See, there we go. There we go again. Um, who would you say, because Riley was one of the good ones. We talked about Trevor earlier, one of the good ones. There's certain people that are the good ones and it's almost like they probably struggle more because this is a hard industry and it's full of sharks and all of that kind of stuff. But there's 
certain people that we need to protect at all costs because they're too pure for this world. We all know um, that it's Sam Carter and Jason Alan Butler. Jason Alan Butler. Jason yes. Butler, yes, I love him. And he is so fierce always and just not never seems worried again about himself. Like if he has something he feels like needs to be said, he'll just say it and we love him for that. He's a, a, he's a he's a good guy. Who else would you add to the list? Oh, of people who are wholesome and wonderful and kind. Caleb Shomo, obviously. Sorry, I was waiting. I, I gave us some time before I said it, but obviously I'm going to say Caleb Shomo because it's- Caleb Shomo is a sweetheart too. Yeah, I think uh, um, he's another person that like he shares a lot of himself on socials at different times. Like not always, but occasionally he'll like come and have like some longer thing. Yes. Do you know what I'm going to add to your list? The good ones, Parkway Drive. Yeah, Parkway Drive. Yes. Oh, Winston is so nice. Winston's like, you know those people who kind of cover their mouth a little bit when they giggle? Like, just sweet and like a bit yeah. goofy. I'm, and I'm like, how do you look like one of those models that stood outside Abercrombie <laughs> and Fitch at the same time? Like, Australia, man, this is something, Australia. And he's like the type of person that tries to like make everyone feel comfortable and like he's yeah. talking mm. to them and yeah. Duff nice. McKagan is also another one that we'll add to the list. Mm. Craig is from Straight from the Path as well. Craig from Straight from the Path. Angel. Okay. Do you know what? I'm going to call out a band member though, right? I recently had an incident, band member who I would have put on the list, but I saw them outside of the context of an interview and they were always so happy to see me. And I went, hey, how's it going? And they acted like they didn't know me. Oh, lol. I know what you're on about. That <laughs> was very awkward. That and was so very I- awkward, especially because, like, I hate when band members do that. You could tell that it was because they were with their friends and they were in a different kind of setting and they were like, sorry, who are you? And it's like, well, fuck you, dick. Like, I- the fuck? I think you thanked me for launching your career in the UK, but okay. Um, but what I've noticed is one of the things to watch out for is if other band members, this is what my point was, is they're always nice to us because we're press. Like they put on, so if we see them being rude, that's probably because they're super rude in real life because everyone's on their best behavior. So mm. if we see them being nice, you have to get another band member who's toured with them to also say they're nice. That's what I yeah. found out. Because then they see the real thing. Mm. Everyone just be nice. Just be good. Just be nice. You know who else is really nice? Like genuinely like has been so kind and like made me feel like they remembered me. My favorite band when I was growing up, like the first band I really fell in love with was Good Charlotte. Oh. And when I started Alt Press, the very first interview I did was with Benji and Joel. And it was, uh, this was back when Andy Beersack was doing the Andy Black. I think it was the first album and they were like on it. Um, so I was interviewing like the collaborators. And he, I interviewed Benji and he had the publicist like send me a note afterwards. It was like, can you please thank Rabob for such a great oh. interview? It was so nice to talk to her. And like every time after that, they would like, oh, like they remembered me, said hello, said thank you. And I was like so surprised by that because like growing up as a little good Charlotte fangirl to be like, oh, Benji and Joel Madden, like know who I am now is That's just weird. The- and that is it's nice because there's nothing more scary because I hate meeting bands I like because I'm like, and when they're nice when they're nice yeah. it's like such a relief. I always just go and buy merch straight away because I'm like, how do I pay it back? Oh, I'm gonna buy some merch um, because I'm like, you're so nice. 
Yeah. Okay. Well, that wraps up the news. Any words of wisdom to end? Um, Yasmin, do you want to start with some words of wisdom? Um, why do we always turn to me first? I'm the stupidest one. Come on, Sophie. <laughs> Sophie, my words of wisdom are going to be like, hot girl summer, fuck everyone. Unless you're underage, then fuck Great. nobody. And if you're in a pop punk band, don't fuck minors. Oh my God. That's okay. <laughs> so my words of wisdom um, will be... The quiff is back, as we call it. The little hair poof at the front. If you want to wear your quiff, wear it. Don't let anyone tell you that it's wide leg jeans only. Skinny jeans are still in. Yasmin told me, and Yasmin is the CEO of Gen Z's, and therefore they know everything. I do. What about you, Bob? <coughs> what is your words of wisdom for the lovely We Wear Black? You, you know, since, since we talked a lot today about, um, you know, artists and, and, and what their personas are like outside of things, I think a, a good words of wisdom for everyone, fans, media, and artists alike is... You should give everyone the benefit of the doubt mm. and just be nice to people. Like mm. try and let your first reaction be nice or understanding because there's so much, especially on social media of just knee jerk reactions and negativity. And a lot of times things could just go unsaid. <laughs> Think more about what yes. you say before you say it. Do you know what? I'm going to have... Uh, we need... Yasmin, we need one of those sound effects that goes... Meow, 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 meow. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Well, to give us all a follow, it's at We Wear Black Pod on, on Twitter, Twitter and Instagram. And for the email, Yasmin? We Wear Black Pod at gmail.com. I'm at Yasmin Suman X on everything. To follow me, it's at I am Sophie K on everything. To follow Loudwire, just search for Loudwire on everything. Are you not going to plug yourself? Yeah, come on. I don't post anything on social media. I'm too elusive. No. I love that. We no, that's watch. what you can do, Yasmin. You can. You're, it's, this is when you're the... Let me write. I need to read it because I can't remember. There's so many words. The the chief, the executive editor and chief of many publications. You can be elusive, you see, Yasmin? Yeah, that's true. That it's, called, true. it's called boss bitching. It's called girl boss papers. You are the it's CEO a, of girl uh, bossing. Oh, my God. I have been doing this for so long at this point. Not so long, but, you know, I've been doing it for a long time that when I still see people complain, like, there's no female editors or there's not enough female editors in metal, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I've literally been working at Loudwire as the editor-in-chief for, like, over three years. And before that, I was at Alt Press for, like, three years. Like, we're out here. We're out here. I think yeah, it's yeah. just we're not always on stage. And so people think that they can't see us. And we're not always. And here's the thing for you. The the best people often aren't looking for acknowledgement Mm. because the job is enough acknowledgement. Exactly. Um, So thank you for everything you do. Thank you for being a voice, a champion, a person within the scene. Everyone now knows that you are there and those you are bossing Loudwire. (laughs) Thank you for having me. I had fun. You're amazing. And we love you. Till next time, bye. bye! You were listening to On Wednesdays We Wear Black. Please rate and subscribe so that we can keep doing what we do. Special thanks goes out to the Nova Twins for the badass music and Wargasm for the killer screams. See you next week. <laughs>